Climbing Gold is a production of Duct Tape Thin Beer. We could probably do a whole series on British trad climbing because it is so particular. But instead, today we have a bonus episode with Hazel Finley, where we dive deeper into the UK trad scene and share some of our own experiences. You know, like, I don't even really like having to check the weather to go climbing. You know, in Vegas, you never even look at the weather. You just go climb every day. And in the UK, you have to, like, look at the tide. And I hate the faff. I hate the, like, rappelling in and dealing with the sea and, like, what... Tides are a pain. Yeah, it's like... Birds. You know... (laughs) Yeah, you're not. You're looking at like the wind direction, the wind speed, the tide. Yeah, birds. Like, is it nesting season? You're sort of like, how many things do you have to worry about to go climbing? You're like, geez, you know. You can't always be a boutique climber, Alex. At some point, <laughs> you're gonna have to toughen up. <laughs> I think that all the time. You're the only person who's ever <laughs> called me a boutique climber. <laughs> Can you describe faffing about? Like, what is faff? Because when I hear a triple set of nuts and two ropes and a bunch of really long runners. I just think, what a junk show. After a full summer of British trad climbing, it feels like it's a full summer of big walling or something, you know, in terms of like fatigue around the faff. It's like so much to think about. (laughs) With sea cliff climbing, it's even worse because sometimes you'll need to abseil in and then create a hanging belay above the sea. Make sure you don't drop anything in the sea. And then like your ropes, you know, you've got to coil them over you've got two ropes that you've got coil over your B layer and then hopefully the the loops aren't dropping in the sea and then you're climbing up and you've got all this stuff attached to you and two ropes and yeah it's massively faffy I feel as well like with British track climbing you always feel lost whether you're getting lost on the way to the crag or you're getting lost finding the crag or you're lost on route like there's there's just nothing's obvious right and 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 then you turn up at the sport crowd and you're like oh there's just bolts we'll follow the bolts and it's just a really nice change um it's funny alex for all the shit talking you have made a few trips to the uk what what made it interesting to you i had wanted to go to the grit just because it has such a particular place in climbing history and style i mean i the climbing gym where i grew up had a little climbing video VHS demo tape thing going from hard grit going on repeat in the in the retail store all the time. So when I grew up going to the gym, I saw the highlights of hard grit, which are basically people hitting the ground every time I went to the gym. And so I definitely grew up knowing the roots on gritstone and thinking that they were important to climbing. Though now in retrospect, I realize that that's really just because I saw that one VHS tape way too many times. gritstone is interesting because it is incredible rock so it is good climbing it's really you know the texture is great the quality like everything about the climbing is good it's just the walls are so short that the cliff you know it's just not inspiring in the way a place like yosemite is but it holds such a big cultural place in british climbing like i mean in the uk they have kind of a saying slash joke it's like well what has he ever done on the grit you know like you can be a great climber in the uk but it's always like but what has he done on the grit you know, like the grit is always a proving ground where it's like you have to do hard things on the grit if you want to consider yourself a, a good climber or a well-rounded climber. Hazel, have you had close calls on, on some of the hard trad leads you've done? Yeah, I could tell I could tell a story of impact day, actually. That's actually a good I hadn't thought of that. That's a good UK trad story. Let's hear it. There's this route called Impact Day in the Lake District, uh, put up by Dave Burkett. 
It's a really cool route. It's kind of hard to get to, though. You scramble up to the base of it. It's probably like an AA plus, like kind of run out, steep trad route. And I'd like top roped it a few times first. And I was there with some friends. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go on lead. Like it feels pretty doable. Like the, but the first few moves are like really reachy. And it's it's kind of an interesting thing in a way, because like obviously like routes are graded for like average height people. Right. And like if everyone were doing the move as if as I was doing it, it would probably get a harder grade. And anyway, you don't really get any gear at the start. And so you kind of set you set off. But instead of just being above the ground, you're like above this low angle ledgy terrain. Anyway, like I climbed a few moves into it, set up for this big dead point move and just like didn't quite make the hold, just kind of like fumbled it. And then basically just like teetered backwards, hit this ledge with my feet, then flipped upside down and fell head first down like really ledgy terrain without a helmet on for probably about 10 meters. And I ended up like with two ropes like wrapped all around me. Like I'd been caught in this like spider's web and part of the rope had like gone round my neck. And so I was like being strangled slightly. (laughs) And anyway, I was actually completely fine. I had this like horrible rope burn around my neck and like I'd bruised my ribs and you know, I was like pretty battered and bruised, but like otherwise fine, which I was really crazy because I wasn't wearing a helmet and I fell head first. That was like a bunch of years ago now and I've always been meaning to go back and do it and I've had in the back of my head that like I just messed up the move like it was probably just this like easy move that like I just did wrong and didn't execute correctly and then I got back on the route actually last year and I was like no this move is really hard like there's no way I would want to do this move with this kind of fall potential and I found a different way of doing it but it was just really interesting because in my mind, I was like, oh, you've just messed up. Whereas I, I must be getting older and like more sensible because there's just no way that I would have done that move now as, as a 32-year-old. Uh, the process of headpointing, will you explain that to us? Yeah, so if it's a headpoint... The first thing is you throw a top rope down it or you abseil into it, or sorry, rappel into it. Um, (laughs) And you check it out. And that's kind of like the exciting phase because it's like the no strings attached phase, you know? It's like, you're not committed either way. And you're just like, just, yeah, just checking it out and just seeing if it's as cool as everyone says it is. Then you try it, you know, you see if you can do all the moves. And that's, that's really fun too, right? Because you're just looking at the physical challenge of the route. And then you've got to see where the gear goes. And that's when it starts to get <laughs> a bit more exciting because you're thinking about where the gear is in relation to the hard climbing. And you're thinking about where you might fall. You're weighing up the chances of you falling in any give, given spot that doesn't have good protection, whether that's either, you know, you're in a run out and you might deck or whether you're just above gear that's not that good. So basically you're just trying these moves over and over again, working out whether they're moves that 
<clears throat> you might fall off of or not. So it's kind of like how you might approach a solo, Alex, that you would rehearse first and just like try and work out if it's something you'd want to do. But there's like a bit more unknowns because I guess with soloing, like once you're certain height off the ground, like, you know, you've not got a chance. But with some of these roots, it's like, you may you might stick it right or like you might come in close to the ground and make, you might get away with just broken ankles you know so you've kind of got to like weigh up you know what the route means to you and how likely you think you are to fall off it the two of us are racking our brain for any route in north america that you can deck off of and you know there are a couple and you know there are a few sort of dangerous routes here and there but you have to really think about it whereas in the uk it's like almost every route has some element of, of, you know, the potential of landing on the ground, or certainly almost all of the hard trad climbing, you can, you have to at least do the calculation, like, will you hit the ground if you fall from the hard parts? Like, you always have to think about it. Yeah. And then you have to really make sure you don't fall off the easy parts as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which, which is something that I think that American trad climbers never really think about, where it's like, oh, if I blow one piece, will I land on the ground? Or like if if one thing happens, but actually last summer I was uh, trying a hard, uh, you know, empath the the sport climb. It's like a hard crack. Oh yeah, thing. Um, yeah. Is that was, good? It looks really good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's nice rock. It's 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 cool. I was trying it in summer, so it felt kind of grim. But uh, but I I tried it on gear a little bit just because you know it's like yeah, near the it house like and it's a challenge. Go. And yeah, it definitely would go. Yeah. But it's pretty full on. And uh, one of my first times, I, I was clipping the mix, I was clipping the bolts and then just playing with the gear, trying to figure out where I could place it from and what would work. And one of the first ones I fell on, I ripped the piece and landed, you know, a couple feet above the ground and was like, oh, oh, geez, you know, I was like, that's unnerving because it looked like a perfect placement in good granite. And it just, it's just a little slick or something, a little flared, I guess. But well, that reminds me of when we were in South Africa and you did the exact same thing. Do you remember? I remember it was like a route. thin, slick crack. And I was like, yeah. the cams aren't going to be very good in this thin, slick crack. And then you like went up, placed it, ripped. And you were like, oh, it's just this freak thing. And then you did the exact same thing again. And I was like, wow, this guy doesn't learn very quickly. But I did do the route. <laughs> it just, you know. Totally. And you didn't break your legs either. Yeah. So. Yeah. I didn't land on the ground even, did I? I think I you might have done on rope stretch. Um, yeah, but that was like near the bottom of the route. That was, that was, that was uh, yeah, I remember that. That's funny. Can you explain the grading system for UK trad? Okay. It's actually kind of complex, but I'll do my best. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to hearing how you explain this. The UK grading system, unlike other grading systems that have one part to it, that's like one descriptor, it has two parts to it. So it has an adjectival descriptor um, and it has a, a number and a letter like the French system. So like 6A or something, but it's not the same as the French system. So for example, if I said E5-6A, 6A doesn't mean French 6A. It's completely different. And 6A doesn't describe the difficulty of the climb. It describes the hardest move on the, the route. The E part is uh, the extended adjectival system. Are you following me? So way <laughs> back when, it started off with easy, moderate, so difficult or diff. It was really short-sighted of whoever invented this system, right? Because clearly they were going to run out of adjectives right you start with easy moderate difficult i mean like where do you go after difficult <laughs> <laughs> really difficult really exactly really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. then we have very difficult 
And then you had severe, hard, severe, hard, very severe. I'm not saying in the right order. People are going to laugh at me for not knowing the order because if you don't climb those grades anymore, you kind of forget the order, right? And then they're like, right, we've totally run out of words here. So we'll just go extreme. So that's where E system comes. Then it's E1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Now it goes up to E10. So then, so what the cool thing about the UK grading system is, is that it really does tell you more about a route. What you do is you you combine the difficulty of the individual move with this overall description to find find out basically like how dangerous a route is. So if, if someone said to you, okay, there's an E6, 5C, you'd be like, wow, that's a dangerous route. Because compared to the E grade, the technical grade's really low. So to get E6 and yet still be that easy, it has to be run out. Whereas if it was E66C, you know it's going to be safe. It's probably going to be a crack. It's going to have loads of gear in because it's a low E grade for a high technical grade. Are you following me? <laughs> oh, I love UK trad. It's all the okay. thing about UK trad is that you can't even understand the roots without translating your grades into like six different systems from around the world. You're like, I'll use the French root grade. I'll use either font or American bouldering grades to determine the hardest moves. I'll compare. You know, it's like you just you use all these different systems to try to distill the essence of the root. You're like, F is the absolute master at that. It's hilarious. He's like, it's like a font seven a boulder problem into like a french 6c plus to a little shake to like an e4 you know like he just like breaks it down into like 20 different components he's just like what are you saying and then you end on an australian 31 and you're like oh (laughs) shit what happens it's like yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know uk trad i i almost miss it you should come back and visit Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with a full episode. You've been listening to Climbing Gold.